always playful, sometimes profound. It's Fresh Catch 2.0 with David Dean and Dave Ron. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Dave Ron with my buddy David Dean. It's Fresh Catch 2.0. If I'm talking too fast, it's because Comcast is outside, and I think they might interrupt this podcast with digging somehow. Oh, move quick. Move yeah. quick. Anytime yeah. I hear the word Comcast or HGTV, that that makes me nervous. Yeah. Do do you feel like you need to publicly apologize to them? Because for uh, uh, quite some time, it it seems like you were you were tossing them under the bus because your microphone wasn't working. Am I getting confused? I I am addled as an old old guy. Well, I think every household has uh, a face, a company, a product that we're we're not comfortable with. We don't like, and so you keep it in your house. And anything that goes wrong in your life, that's your fall guy. That's that's who you point blame to. And so when you and I were having trouble, uh, well, excuse me, when I was having trouble with my microphone, I was blaming <laughs> there was some there was some little demon that worked for Comcast. Yep. And he would come to my house every Thursday morning, right prior to podcast, and he would disrupt the internet connection and the microphone. And then when it was done, he went back to live at Comcast. Heaven or hell, however you want to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> and he let everybody else continue with their life. But I needed something, someone, somebody, an entity to blame. And so that, yeah. There you go. <laughs> there's, and there's some people who, um, and, and people who, who, are, who profess to be Christians, who, who make very little of, yeah, of, of demonic influence. But you're, call, you're, you're not. You're just saying it's there. And mm-hmm. it it very well very well might live yeah. in corporate America. And how many streaming services do you have? Speaking of Xfinity, and what, you have one. I yeah. I I mean, is is what does that mean? Exactly? Uh, Netflix would be a streaming oh, service. Yeah, I do have that. I have uh, Apple. Okay, Apple um, and uh, and Comcast is my preferred provider, which offers this Peacock thing now. Um, right. What else? Uh, Prime Video, yeah. Prime Video, we have probably six, Ooh. six to seven. I'm not exaggerating. Six to seven, and I I know how to access my email account, and that's it. <laughs> so when someone says, "Did you see something on Peacock or Amazon Prime or Paramount Plus or HBO Max?" I had a kid at Lincoln School yesterday. He held up a, a DVD. It was like a like a Disney movie from like 20 years ago. Maybe not even Disney, but it was like a kid movie. And I said, he goes, hey, Mr. Dean, you want to borrow this? I said, I said, no, I'll, I'll go home and I'll Google it and find it somewhere else. He goes, what's it? It's on HBO Max. How in the name of sense is a third grader? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Know what HBO Max is. Just the fact that, it, yeah, exactly. To know <laughs> it, can, let alone. Yeah, you can find it on HBO. I said, well... I'm sure you could probably find a lot of things on HBO Max, and I don't know if the little doggy come home story is on HBO Max. But. I, you know, I, I don't. I'll just say this: I don't like this world. I, I mean, it's it's fascinating that we have access and we have so many different ways. But my church just did something that I, I'm still. This is my first public pushback on it. And I don't want to become grouchy and crotchety, but 
Um, basically, they're talking about uh, if you want more information or ways to sign up, blank, 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 use the QR code here. Yeah, that's that's the that's the thing they're they're asking you a QR uh-huh. code. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I've I'm with you. I don't want to I don't want to be QR coded, uh-huh. but I I, I mean. It, it makes sense in sec- inside technology, and I and I know there's a whole world of people that do it more naturally. It's easier for them. That's why they would do it. And I'm just going. It is, yeah. I don't like it either. I'm with you. However, when I do a show afterwards, I may or may not sell products at a table, and I I may or may not have a QR code that you can scan and pay me via Venmo or PayPal for CDs, T-shirts, and any other product I can market. Mm-hmm. Hmm. There may be a, they may be a QR code on my table. <laughs> I've been known to get up out of restaurants and walk away, uh, especially uh, at a uh, hotel restaurant. Uh, excuse me, an airport restaurant. Yep. Hey, we don't have menus. Just here, here's a QR code. Let us know. And I, I get up and leave. <laughs> I just, I want something in my hand that I can see, not not on my phone, because I can't see the phone, and then you have to pay through the phone. I, just, I don't want it. Well, and you know what? If we wanted to, uh, you know, exponentially increase our following, this would be the moment where we should jump into the conspiracy world and say, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, the reason we're not going to do a QR code is because somehow downstream of all of that, there is uh, there are a host of Chinese bots, uh, maybe maybe Comcast demons. I don't know, but they are, their whole existence is uh, to grab a hold of the portal that I've opened up into hell through Mm -hmm. my phone and giving them access. uh, So it's a different, and the QR code is just another way that they do it. Did you feel that way years ago when you began using a debit card? Did you feel like, "Uh uh-oh, they're stealing info? Uh Uh-uh. I only pay with cold, hard cash. And if I don't have enough cash? No. Put those items back because I can't afford it. I'm not using a card. I've never felt that way with a card. Interesting strategy for you to, you know, just kind of turn that back on me and and, and without saying the word, <laughs> I think you're saying, I mean, I'm feeling like, hey, maybe I'm being a little bit hypocritical. Doing something that Chris Rock, this huh? was the name of Chris Rock's Netflix special that just dropped over the weekend. Awful. I'm not sure I could recommend it because uh, there were- Awful. 8,000 F-bombs that were dropped, but nonetheless, uh, Selective Outrage was the name of his special, which was... Selective Outrage, that's a, that's a great term, yeah. and I watched it, and I I giggled, I chuckled twice in an hour. Wow. Yeah. I just, I just you wanted to fast forward and, and, hey, just what happened when Will Smith slapped you? That's what I want to hear. Right. And he, he recorded it live in Baltimore. I think most of that crowd predominantly people of color, mostly. I think they were anticipating the same story. Just tell us about when he slapped you, how you felt, how you responded, what what life has been like for you since. But the rest of that stuff, the rest of that material. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. I just he, it wasn't. I mean, yeah. and so he saved he saved all that 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 Will Smith stuff for the end. Mm-hmm. And that was very end. The question mm-hmm. is whether that was a, enough of a payoff. I mean, I think I got some yeah. interesting stuff, but it was uh, took too long. Yeah, there and and, and uh, there's another comedian. Uh, he's super naughty, very popular, of course. Jeff Jeff Ross. He's the roast master. 
and I follow him on Instagram and he posted a picture of uh <laughs> of he and Chris Rock and and they're kind of promoting that you know that new Netflix special and I rarely do this but I I was just so frustrated by what I had witnessed in that in that quote unquote comedy show and I posted on Jeffrey Ross's page I said don't watch it that thing sucked <laughs> whoa, whoa. Whoa. Now listen, I expect a response from both Jeff Ross and Chris Rock very soon yep. to me directly, exactly. wanting my my take on that. And I, I'm waiting for that. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna pass along the slap. I mean, if if Chris Rock slaps you, you'll know that it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't really you. It was just like Chris said. It, Will Smith wasn't slapping him because it was Chris. It was. He was channeling other frustration. So Chris will be channeling something else when he slaps you. And Chris Rock will never be able to go through life and slap anybody. It will come back to haunt him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hey, you shared something this morning. He can't slap it forward. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be speaking at your church Sunday, April 2nd, Palm Sunday. Do you want to give a little shout out, a little commercial for... That church, and if anybody's uh, in the area, yeah. it's uh, it's it's just south of Shipshawana, Indiana, okay. on State Road Five. It's a uh, New Life Fellowship, so we have services at nine o'clock and ten thirty, and I get to I, I get to deliver the sermon that morning to, to a crowd of uh, that's kind of half there because of spring break, I think. Yeah, but still, it's an honor. It's it's a Palm always, Sunday. I mean, that's, always an honor. Always. And you you had mentioned this morning. Uh, in an earlier conversation with our buddy Roger, you had mentioned. Well, I'll let you yeah. tell the idea, the, the I, premise I'm, that you're going to use. I mean, I, um, you know, you you pray about that, such things. You have ideas, you have thoughts, you all that kind of stuff. But yesterday, I I felt uh, nudged from the Lord and confirmed this morning in my in my call with you and Roger. That's how I'd say I locked it in uh, that I am going to try to memorize the Sermon on the Mount. From Luke's version, and mm. partly because it's about a third as long as Matthew's version, um, but I'm going to memorize that. And uh, in the in the message translation or the message paraphrase, and that will be ninety five percent of what I say on that morning. Have you ever delivered a? And this is a dumb question. I was going to say a sermon. I mean, we we have our stuff, our material already kind of memorized. So you don't have to always look down at notes and, and such, but have you ever uh, memorized that much scripture and shared with an audience or a church audience verbatim without looking at, at notes? No, I don't think yeah. I have. So I, that might be, uh, I might be uh, attempting something that's, uh, you know, over, an overreach for a 69 year old, which is how old I will be at that, that time. Yeah. Your birthday's coming up, but yeah. everything you and I have read as far as like uh, exercising the mind, mm-hmm. we want to try to keep our bodies healthy, keep our bodies moving, but it's just as important to have mental cardio. Yeah. And I would, I would think in fact, what we've read memorization of that much, that's gotta be great for the brain. It's a workout. So here's the, I mean, I am so fascinated that when Jesus connects the dots, sometimes we imagine them on the same uh, 
timeline as we are presently living in. So it, it's fantastic that Jesus merges things here from this point to this point, and we're, we're having this conversation. So, but that's that's real time. We haven't even begun to plumb the depths of the mystery of his timelessness also being a part of merging. So mm-hmm. when, when when there's an episode um, where Jesus has this encounter with, with a Jairus, who's the synagogue leader, and his, his daughter is dying, and he asks, begs Jesus, you know, come and heal her. And as Jesus is moving and the crowd is moving, uh, a woman unknown to Jesus who's been suffering for 12 years from a hemorrhage uh, presses in, touches his garment, and she's healed. What hit me in Luke's version recently was that Jairus's daughter was also 12 years old. Hmm. All of which tells me that the very convergence of this moment in time where he's moving this way towards a 12-year-old who basically is dead, he's going to raise her to life. And at simultaneously, somebody who suffered from a bleeding disorder for 12 years. Mm-hmm. It just tells me that Jesus set that whole thing in motion 12 years earlier. Interesting. That is stunning to me. So having said that, sorry for the long setup. No, no, it's it's good. I had coffee with my good friend, David Nelson. Dave Nelson uh, was a young man I met at Elmhurst High School when I started um, full-time ministry in 1976. And Dave was a, was and still is a gifted, upright uh, bass player in jazz music. And he is just, just, just tremendous guy. And I had no musical taste at all. So David would come to my uh, office, which was uh, a quarter mile from where he lived. And he also always brought uh, two cans of red pop and a bag of Doritos and, mm-hmm. some, and some jazz music because he wanted me, he wanted to turn me on to jazz. He wanted to introduce me to jazz. So, you know, Bob James and Spyro Gyra and those yeah. that just like he was he and, and it worked. I I fell in love with jazz and simultaneously David in our journey fell in love with Jesus. And so we were catching up here all these years later with coffee. And it reminded me of a classmate of his. I'm thinking this is how it all happened for me. Galen Bailey. Galen's an African-American who lives down in the Cincinnati area. And Galen reached out to me on Facebook and alerted me to uh, the in- influence I had on his life that I did not mm. know. And it, and he says, I can still remember, Dave, when you were we were outside at Joy Clevenger's house in a, in a bonfire, and you started reading the Sermon on the Mount like, I mean, and I thought this was Jesus in front of me. Mm. And he said, that's when I put my faith in Christ. Mm. So all of that, I think, is in my head stirring me mm-hmm. stirring me to get out of the way and let and let Jesus speak through his word until you until you prayed for me this morning and you used the word in a phrase that well well go ahead you no, you, no. you I I wanted to just I wanted to just put a little bow on your story as you memorize the sermon on the mount which is a lengthy sermon, right? You're going to memorize, but you are memorizing that almost in 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 
in awe and in admiration for these teens that you had an encounter with years yeah. ago. Yeah. So it's you're kind of memorizing it for them. And I simply just, I, as I prayed for you, that <laughs> I think I, I believe I used the word plagiarism because it was <laughs> Jesus's original sermon. Right. Right. And you are memorizing his sermon and you're going to present it to your church. And it just felt like to me, yeah. you know, yeah, you need some copyright issues or like <laughs> you need to preface your sermon by I, saying this is not mine. I think, a guy named Jesus wrote this, but I'm going to present it to you because it was so good. <laughs> I was moved by it. Some teenagers I led to Jesus, they were moved by it. So full disclosure, it, this is not yeah, nice it felt like it, it felt like you were getting out in front of an NDA or a prenup <laughs> that I needed to sign with God because you advanced this and said, and your your prayer, if I can quote you and plagiarize you for a second, it would be God forgive Dave for plagiarizing you. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking actually, <laughs> he might have forgiven me already. He might be so into the fact he thinks... that he just assumed that I plagiarize him all the time. He's he's written off the, the copyright. He said, "Don't worry about it. Run it." Do you think he's one of the few domain. authors? Is he one of the few authors that just publicly said, "Steal my stuff"? <laughs> you, Remember years ago, Grateful you, Dead. They right. were one of the few bands that were like, "If you want to bring a recorder to our concert and play it on a radio station or play it for your friends, come record any song that you want." They were like the original band to say, "It's a grassroots thing. It's going to help us." Who did and that? He's, the Grateful Dead. Oh yeah! Wow. You, couldn't, you couldn't do that with any other band. Hey, no recording devices allowed in this. This is a private. Grateful Dead was like, no, record all you want and share it with your. <laughs> I think Jesus has got that Grateful Dead mindset. Where, hey, this these are my words. Steal them all you want and go wow. share it with people. They'll love it. <laughs> They're gonna love it. <laughs> well, and, and you, I mean, you know what it takes. I mean, you're. You're an entertainer, and you work hard on your craft, so you know what it takes to put together a set that's going to be entertaining, that's going to be fun, and it takes a lot of your effort, a lot of investment, and could you just imagine being so creative, so confident that whatever you say, you could just say, go run with it. Because I'm going to do something absolutely fresh the next time, and the next time, and the next time, and the next time. Every show, 60 minutes of brand new material. Oh Every time goodness. I walk on stage, oh and I just I just proclaim to the audience, my material is your material. Wow. Use it at open mic night at the church, at a conference. It's it's yours. Because tomorrow night, 60 minutes of... I think Jesus is the only one that, that can do that. Right. With right. the material that that... When you... Jesus material movies. You ever talk to people who really aren't believers? They're not. They're. they're I think somebody used to call them pre-Christians. They're not a Christian yet. They're a pre-Christian, but they were so enthralled with the chosen, mm. streaming or at movie theaters. And did you ever have an encounter with somebody when they're telling you about what they saw in this movie, The Chosen? And you're listening, and you say to yourself, "I, I already know this story, but continue." <laughs> First of and all, they're, they're emotional. They're talking, and Jesus came out, and, and oh. the waves were the waves were rocking. He told the disciples, "You know, hey, what's going on?" And 
then they they give the they give the you know the, the plot line and and you look at him and go no kidding is that what happened in that movie oh, i got to go see that i have to act surprised yeah. <laughs> i don't know the outcome <laughs> then what did jesus do <laughs> wait 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 you're telling me he was crucified and then what happened in the next scene? Yeah. It came back to life. I'm not kidding. It was in the movie. Three days later, it came back to life. <gasps> no kidding. Well, happy Easter to you, my friend. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they should had... they should make a holiday around that. <laughs> That's any other movie we're like, no, don't don't tell me. I'm gonna go see it. Right, right. Don't I know. Me. But this right, one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, if you're going to make a movie about Jesus, that's, that's, uh, that's the thing you have to overcome, right? You have to, yeah. which is really what, what the chosen did. They, they uh -huh. basically said there are inside of what the scripture tells us, there's a whole life that needs to be, you know, kind of explained a bit and uh and his and it especially involves the companionship of those guys that uh, right. and women who are with him and that's so. the beauty of that medium film you you can you can read the book and you visualize but when someone takes great care and interest to portray what happened in yeah. the greatest book written of all time you have to be very careful and how you you know present it on screen? You want it to look authentic, or as maybe it did during the time that Jesus walked the. And I think they did a great job. But uh, yeah, you hit it. It's there's life, there's life up on the screen. You know, you know, this is one of the things that makes this is what makes humans different than any other species on the planet. This is one of the ways that that people have said we are made in God's image, and imagination, image, imagination is is one of the gifts that we have that no other species has. We can imagine yeah. something, we can create. And uh, you do that. I mean, that that is part of your craftsmanship is you 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 could look at, okay, here's a here's a, a fact from the Bible. Here's another fact from the Bible. I wonder what happened in between. And immediately you off you're you're off to some sort of creative um riff that you go, I, I wonder if I could talk about this. I wonder if mm. I could Describe this, and and chances are, chances are you've made money on Jesus, which is essentially that's the that's the that's the path of plagiarism that you you should be asking forgiveness I'm for sorry. your plagiarism. Sorry, I'm sorry. Wow. Uh, boom. You and I, you and I talked last week. As soon as you returned home from Colorado, um, we talked about another movie, Jesus Revolution. Which came right on the heels of the Asbury revival. Yeah. Uh, so Betsy and I, we go to see it. The theater, it's a Tuesday night, and it's it's probably the most crowded I've ever seen a theater in quite some time. Tuesday night, seven o'clock showing. Yeah. And within the first 10 to 15 minutes, I'm taking the popcorn that I or taking the napkins I use for popcorn and I'm wiping my eyes. Just yeah. I'm borderline sobbing and then you and i talked a couple of days later because betsy leans over and she whispers are you okay <laughs> susie did nearly the same are, thing with me are, are you not feeling well I, I feel good it's a good weep and then you and i talked 
you had the same that and I said I I'm not sure what it was other than you're familiar with the story the guy the plot line but seeing seeing messy Christians on screen presenting the gospel the best way they possibly can and people in that theater watching believers or not watching I thought I, I was just so moved hmm. Me too. I mean, I, 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 all I can, I mean, it's still, and it was, even while it was going on, I had that same, like, what's going on? Lord, where, where is this, all these tears coming from? And I, and I can only, I, something about the story took me back to the reality of my own experiences and connected in so many mm -hmm. different ways. It's like the, something here all of a sudden opened up, you know, set free these memories that were in me. That, and they weren't just just kind of fun memories. Oh yeah, I remember they were they were the most deep formational memories of my entire life. These are the mm -hmm. things that have set me in motion in a direction. And every time I I get that, um, I would just I just you know I wasn't just weeping. There were a couple of times when I did the shoulder sob. I did too. <laughs> wow, I did too. Yeah, I shoulders sobbed even more when I went back for more popcorn and they were out. And I stood yes. at the counter at the concession stand and just put my head down and I, I wept. And I said, I'm going back into that theater to weep more. You're telling me no popcorn. I mean, that was popcorn. That's a that's a whole, we're going to sell so many tickets. We're going to come out, we're going to run out of popcorn. The place was packed. Wow. And that was one of the few times, I don't remember the last time Betsy and I sat through a movie Watch the end, screen roll credits, credit to the very end, and then they're they're doing the little tiny print of where it was filmed. Yep, assistant gaffer. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> assistant right. to the and and then it ends and the lights come up and the if the screen is black and we're still sitting there just spiritually shell shocked. Yeah, just still drinking in that moment. Yeah, I I'm with you. I you know, <laughs> I don't know exactly where the term ever first came from, and I'm hoping it's not a not a sort of racy term, but the the idea of what I call afterglow, just mm -hmm. kind of sitting in this fantastic experience and and in my heart and still my my heart's ablaze and now it's kind of glowing downward. You know, I, I just need, I need a minute. I need to catch my breath. It's just the equivalent of being winded from a, a an amazing workout. Mm -hmm. And you just have to just go, wow, what just happened here? Yeah. And and to follow up with what you just said, how, how would you, how would you describe the, the term afterglow as, as racy? How's, what would you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 are we out of time? Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of like to hear your definition of after. I've never heard. I, I, what I, I, I think I've heard somebody talk about it like it's uh, the cigarette smoke that you might oh. have after you've uh, consummated a relationship. <laughs> that's that's afterglow. Well, not not necessarily cigarette, but just okay. the, just the, okay. The, I never I'm... the basking the 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 post the post okay. ecstasy joy. How's that? 
Oh, I, I, I'm not being silly. I was being very honest and sincere when I, when I ask you, I, I didn't know. It feels a bit like I'm talking to my buddy at, at Lincoln where he says, Mr. Dean, if you want to watch that, it's on HBO Max. And I got a feeling what you're describing, Afterglow, might be a movie on HBO Max. I, I, I went into that word pretty innocently, and uh-huh. I think it was when I was at uh, New, uh, New Covenant Worship Center with Pastor Luther Whitfield, yeah. amongst mostly mm-hmm. uh, African-American congregations. Throughout Beautiful seven, church. Somehow, Beautiful. Uh, I think when I said that a couple times, I, I watched some snickering. With, oh. with people and uh that's what alerted me and i never pursued it i never actually asked yeah but all i could you know it's there's there's different kinds of snickering that snickering yeah. made me think that oh wait a minute i've just stepped into this there i don't i didn't even know there was that's what this meant so no i i i'm in your camp i did not uh i didn't you know i don't think you go to to life church in fort wayne to discover what words are appropriate and not appropriate from the pulpit, but you did in a very unfortunate situation there. Yeah. I back back to our movie though, the, the beautiful afterglow in a spiritual sense that you're yeah. talking about. I, I've not I, I couldn't refer that to more people. I it was just it was that good. It was that and it was well done. It wasn't cheesy and hokey. And it also I was gonna be just a tad frustrated if it was this perfect this perfect world of christians right and, right, and right. They, they showed they showed the you know some of the the marks in the armor of people who had well-meaning intentions but just had a bad approach or or they yeah. messed up yeah and i and i've seen some different people you know this is you know people are in the in the twitter sphere are going to they're going to feel like they can take apart anything and they, and, and they fact checked it to death and things like that and oh, sure they have all different different sort of spins, and I, and there's a part of me that goes, okay, you you may actually be ab, be correct, but uh, you reminding me right now of of the of the bewildering journey I had as an undergrad Bible major, who up to that point, now I'm I'm two or three years in my journey with Jesus. Every time I'm reading Scripture, it's coming alive. It's doing this work in me. I love Scripture. I love Scripture. Now I become a Bible major, and, I, and instead of mm. loving Scripture and obeying Scripture, I I, I take it into yeah. into the, the laboratory and spread it out like it's a frog to be dissected, dissect it. and yeah. cut into it and get the parts in, and I get it right. And I and what happened to the love for it? And and so mm-hmm. people are people do that with a movie like that. I go, I there's a part of me go, I don't care exactly Correct. what what Correct. happened here is this experience of this movie ignited me with a reality that's so deep and true that I don't, you know, cheesy or not, I you know, production value or not. I, I, I thought whatever. it was it was yeah, up there. Yeah. And and you're right. I think you got some seminary eggheads who want to dissect it. And oh no, that actually happened in '72, not '74. No, I don't yeah. want to hear that stuff. Yeah, don't go to the movie because that's not what was what really happened with Lonnie Frisbee. They said it was filmed there on the beach, but you know what? I think they filmed it in Cancun. If you check the no, I don't care. I just the movie touched my heart. That's all I want. I, I'm with you. I, I I get it. Well, to be honest, buddy, uh, I'm just gonna say this. Not caring mm-hmm. about those things, mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons that it's okay to plagiarize anything in our culture. 
This has been Fresh Catch 2.0. Can't wait to have you join us next time. <laughs>